Sup guys, welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Offset Podcast. Today, Aaron and I will be doing a recap of what's been happening with Offset over the past couple weeks with our good friend, who's also an occupational therapy assistant, TJ Lee. So, without further ado, let's count it off. One, two, one. What's up, Offset Med listeners? This is Aaron. Today we got TJ on the mic today. Hello. And then we got Dylan. What's up, guys? So the boys are in the house. We are here today kind of doing a recap of everything Offset Med has been up to within the past month, you know, personally and things going on with our uh, health collective. We're like taking new people in, doing some trainings in the future. We're going to fly out some people soon, do some workshops, a lot of fun, crazy stuff going on. That sounds like a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> <the> yes. <laughs> basically. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's all money invested forward to the people that need it the yep. most. The community pushing it forward. Pushing okay. it forward. So we're going to keep, we're gonna keep pushing on. And, uh, yeah, I recently got inducted into this uh, TJ's house via Red Bull 400. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of, let's see, peer pressured you into doing it, kind of, you think? I think it was more than peer pressure. It was like, you know, it was deception. (laughs) I was like, so for those of you that don't know who he is, there's probably other podcasts about who who you are and what you do. No, not, no. I did one for an OT thing for my old clinical instructor, but this is the second time on a podcast. Second time. Never mind. It's brand new. Mm-hmm. He, he's the type to like stay under the cover, under the radar, like Dylan. Yep. But uh, <laughs> we, you know, we just have to get good people out here onto the podcast, and he's one of them. But anyways, back to the deception. <laughs> Sent me a ticket and was like, let's, let's do something cool. And I'm like, I want to do something cool. Who doesn't want to do something cool? That was only like 35 bucks when we registered. And then he was like, do you know what you signed up for? I'm like, not really. Go look up the video. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to go through the same emotional reaction I went through, you can look up Red Bull 400 in Whistler, Canada. And that is the gigantic beast of an alpine skiing slope that we conquered. Yeah, it's probably one of the shortest obstacle course race you could do, but is the most mentally and physically challenging out of all the stuff I've done before, from the Spartan races to rugged maniacs and other random things I do. How long did it take y'all to finish the entire race for the Rebel 400? 30 minutes. No, that bad. is record time. We, oh, really? Compared to his race in Utah. Yeah, my first race, I did it in an hour with uh, bruised ribs and Ooh. snowing conditions, snowing, raining. And yeah, that was interesting. But yeah, 30 minutes, record time. And were there, I'm assuming, were there a lot of people at the Rebel 400 compared to like other races you've been to? Yeah, for, kinda... the, for the one we went to in Whistler, there was about, I think they said, Estimated about 2,000 people that went. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like the world championships. Yeah, the world championships. And even from there, like 200 or so people, 
they didn't even finish the race. Oh wow! So. Yeah. So shout out to to Hannah and Brandon who aren't here right now, but the other roommates. The other roommates. Uh, interestingly enough, Hannah was the one that actually did the graphic design for the Offset Med logo. Oh really? Yeah, and it's turned out really nice. I remember I I you know bless her bless her soul for being able to work with me for somebody who isn't very good at drawing and isn't very good <laughs> at visual graphics at all. You know, I remember I like drew something out of like a piece of paper and was like, I kind of want something that goes along with this sort of theme and design-ish. I remember that. But you had a feeling that you had. Like, I, had I want this feeling. And she is able to do it really yeah. well. And that's why you have a team. Yeah. Our house <laughs> is the team. The house is the team. <laughs> when you can't afford people moving with them. <laughs> no, you can just bring it up every once in a while. Hey, check this out. Or can you look at this? Rent is your, uh, your uh, Rent hiring is payment. Fee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Like, on, on the subject of uh, the Red Bull 400, why is my mic a little low? Hang on. Let me adjust that real quick. There we go. So on the topic of the Rebel 400, did you guys get to talk to any of the, uh, I'm assuming there were ATs and PTs on site uh, when you went? Or is the setup kind of different compared to like what you've seen before? Um, they had a sponsorship by Mile Detox. So we got to oh, actually okay. get treated by them. Mm-hmm. And they actually knew of our friends down here at Mile Detox LA. Oh, damn. Yeah. So. And they had EMTs on standby as well, uh, just for anything more traumatic but i didn't see them too too much at the event i think everyone was pretty much okay yeah they had what they just kind of pulled people off to the side for air and water ice nothing crazy band-aids everyone kind of pulled out they kind of knew when to do it okay so so no one was like trying to like push it till they're like dead no no I didn't think they want to die on the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got vibes that this was a really like fun community event. Like no one was like, well, that was the initial impression, right? That was the initial impression, <laughs> and then you find yourself up an incline of forty degrees, and you're like, this isn't so fun anymore. But there's nowhere to go but up. There's so nowhere to go but up. So so I can't going. let go now. So mm. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But yeah, that was that was super fun. Really dope weekend in Vancouver. That was my first time personally. So TJ has gone before and showed us shows the ropes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. But yeah, other big changes to our team. We added a good friend of mine from undergrad, Scott Lee. Uh, he actually just took his state license for California last week and took his boards this past Thursday. So we're just waiting to hear back if he, you know, is, can be board certified now to work here. Um, but he also at the same time accepted, so congrats to you, Scott, his orthopedic residency. Yeah. So he's nice, going to be even nice. more smart. And even more busy. And even more busy. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you got to support the friends who continue to push their own limits as well. All right, he's going to be the man with the demands. Yeah. <laughs> with the demands. <laughs> Nice now. Then we got PT background, athletic trainer, trainer background, OT background. Yeah. As the head people. Exactly. And, you know, you look at these schools and they're like pushing interdisciplinary, interprofessional education and care. Yeah. We're doing it. Doing it. Come by, come through, come talk, come mingle, come yeah. work out. Everyone's everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone is everyone. Yeah. I think mean, that was the one thing that we really pushed for when... We brought our team together for Arena, too. 
was that you know there's no there's no room for egos there's no room for you know for you to be super prideful of your credentials your education your past experience everyone's here for the dancers yep right and so you don't have to be like oh i'm not gonna see you or i don't know i don't know people think Uh, yeah time for time to turn away people yeah Yeah, there's too many people (laughs) yeah too many people um oh yeah speaking of arena how that turned out yo arena dance competition was i mean i didn't even compete and i didn't but as a vendor quote-unquote working backstage medical for them and seeing what they provided for their competitors and dancers there this is by far like one of the coolest and worthwhile community events that has been established very well organized yeah you felt the energy everywhere it was just like no one's tired everyone's really hype Mm -hmm. it's good i like it exactly front end and back end Mm -hmm. i had two radios that's how organized it was (laughs) (laughs) but before we actually get into uh the arena dance camp sorry arena dance competition let's go back to how you kind of got involved with arena what was the start and was there like a desire to kind of get ourselves i guess as offset onto this stage onto this point Mm -hmm. you know interestingly enough i remember when they first came out with the competition at the ace hotel in la and at the time, I was still in Ohio, and I was like, "Man, like it'd be so cool to go there and be a part of something like that, um, and work with the Kinjas at that level." Uh, you know, fast forward. You know, by now we've already done uh, previous events with uh, you know different breaking um, jams and, and events. So like Culture Four, we were fresh off that, and I had been in conversations with Arnell uh, Calvario. Uh, previously about kind of what I was up to and what the vision and dream I had. And so I decided to reach out to him again and pitch this idea, like what if, you know, you had backstage medical and uh, therapist at Arena. So I, I didn't know what they had previously, if they had anything, but I figured it's worth to ask right. um, and inject that into their reality. Yeah, no, last year they had... Not something similar to Offset Med, but they did have people there like massaging and things yeah, so. from what I heard from my friends that went. So, But no one with like emergency response, like uh, training or anything beyond that. Just right? EMTs from what I read. Okay. What so there were some me. people there. Yeah. yeah. But then they're kind of like third parties rather than mm. us part, of, of yeah. part of it. So, ah, okay, okay. So there's no like disruption of flow of anything, information that gets backstage to during performance or someone's hurt like everyone knows what's going on Mm -hmm. and you know when we so arnell ended up getting back to me and they were at the time having meetings uh to discuss what was going to happen at arena and how they're going to run it uh so i got connected to two devera so shout out to two if you're listening to this thank you for the opportunity um we were able to i proposed our our pitch and negotiated uh what we would provide and how we would do it at arena and things eventually worked out i got to meet her kind of sponsorships director leslie and the process moved really fast after that um to kind of organize the team uh get our equipment together uh, figure out the layout and the operations. So for us- usually for every event that we do, we plan out our emergency action plan, uh, delegate job duties, roles, responsibilities, 
I make sure everyone who is going to be a part of this understands uh, where we're coming from as this offset med that we're, you know, we're community based, uh, you know, health collective for the urban athlete. You know, we work with non-traditional sports and there's a different learning curve and culture that has to happen with that, especially working in the theater uh, when you're providing backstage medical care. So that was something that was really cool uh, for a lot of the volunteers that were able to be a part of it. And then also for our staff as well to kind of uh, learn more about what the what happens and what it takes to run this like high level competition um, and also get direct feedback and data from the dancers that we interacted with. Yeah. And while all this is going on in the front end, on the back end, I was taking care of a couple of the Kinja folks, people from Vibrancy and other people that are involved in the arena. So it kind of worked on both sides, the official and the official. And then by the time arena came around, they kind of like connected the two dots together that were part of the same team. We're actually roommates and yeah, <laughs> that was kind of a funny thing. They're like, oh, that's what you're talking about, TJ. Yeah, I've been telling you, I've been in this group. Like, no, <laughs> is that actually real? You know, it's something there. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because like, you know, just like how we have different types of like crews all over uh, California and, you know, you, everyone kind of has their like pocket of people. Um, and it, it was great to have like this umbrella that, you know, we quote unquote call offset med to kind of bring people together and like unify this like message, this delivery, this standard um, and really have the dancers and performing artists there really understand what we're trying to provide for them um, and see the potential mm-hmm. in it for the future. Yeah. The biggest thing is, and also connecting with us that we're here for them and we're also familiar faces. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's such a foreign thing to get help. And it's okay we're here right all right because y'all have been there since the beginning whether it be just training like from the ground from where you just started to just seeing them pass by in the competition mm-hmm. and i guess with this being such a huge competition there's i'm guessing there's a lot of volume that comes with seeing a certain amount of people throughout the certain time of day but before we get into that uh, i wanted to ask you how was the reception of offset being there as a presence and just a thing because because y'all were based in the i think rehearsal room which i think every single i think most to every single team or performer who was going through kind of saw what offset was and that we were still situated there right yeah i think the reception was great from all ends um i remember we had our kind of like event set up on friday before the whole weekend happened and that's when i got to meet the uh, arena dance comp staff um i went through their whole orientation process as well um got to meet the kinjas as as well and you know talk to them about what we do the services we provide and they were just like oh my gosh like duh why didn't we have this before you know this is so important you know especially for them that they really promote that that they really promote themselves as athletes and so back it up with the type of level and care and intent with people who kind of understand that world, right? Um, So that was kind of that reception on that end. I even got to meet the the staff that specifically work in the theater Mm -hmm. at the Soraya. Um, 
And they were super thankful too, because they see everything from the house and they kind of walk towards like the back end, but because they're not part of this particular event or organization, they don't really know the ins and outs of it. Mm -hmm. But that kind of brings us back to what TJ said that, you know, Offset Med integrated itself with the arena staff and the dancers there. So it's not siloed anymore. Everyone understands and everyone can rely on each other, just like how you can rely on another teammate. Um, And we were able to use our knowledge and experience and almost like, I don't want to say clout, but like just history Mm -hmm. uh, with the dancers there and relay any type of medical information or emergency response back to the theater staff and they can help us coordinate care in a effective way. So I was there capturing the magic happen. So just taking <laughs> photos and yeah, that's it. mainly taking photos of uh, the guys on action. And I remember there was something that did kind of went down and we can or cannot go into details depending on like uh, your opinions about it, Aaron. But uh, I do remember one of the staff members of the Soraya, which is uh, I think the CSU Northridge theater saying that he used to be an EMT and kind of thinking back on that, I guess, emergency uh, not only emergency response knowledge but just knowledge in terms of i guess health and people with access to that knowledge they've been around like since the beginning it's just no one's really been able to connect the dots until now and that's kind of when i realized ah it's been there all the time but no one really thought about it right Uh, yeah i mean tj and i go back and forth about this all the time that there's nothing really new being created it's just being repurposed, redesigned, recontextualized. Um, so in that in that particular scenario, so uh, he was one of the uh, technicians. Yeah. Um, and he really understood that because there were they can't have somebody on staff all the time. It was to his benefit to have that type of like knowledge with him. And I think everyone should kind of have a certain thought or sense that you do need some like basic first aid knowledge, uh, especially if you're going to be working in like high volume, high, um, I don't want to say performance demands, I guess. Like you're you're working in an occupational setting that has hazards, mm-hmm. so to speak. So you should be prepared with some knowledge with that. So he has some more advanced knowledge as far as like, uh, acute triage and medical triage and we were able to use each other and and help out um, a participant from the competition that weekend and really give her the appropriate medical care so that she was able to return home safely that yeah. was day one that was day, day one and this yeah. was uh with the kids because uh, the days were kind of separated out into two different events so one was the adult competition and the other was the a junior competition where most of them were un- at least under 18. So that was the surprising thing, which at least for me, when I would think of injuries, you think more adults oh, because they've yeah. been through a lot more. There's a higher level of technical, I guess, execution that you got to meet. And of course, higher risk of injury. But I guess this is something, at least with the kids, it was this, this thing that went down with one of the participants happened 
when the kids were performing. So that was a very surprising thing to me because as we all kind of have this misconception in our head, uh, kids are made of magic and rubber bands, right? <laughs> They're invincible. They can bounce back. When you drop on your knee, oh, get up, walk, you're completely fine. But that wasn't the case for this one. No. Yeah. It, was, it was from what I... From what I heard and what you guys told me is was more of the finding the appropriate care because mm. I don't know what would they have done if you guys weren't there. Probably just emergency room, cool. Just over care. Or <laughs> <laughs> she don't need all that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I probably would say that, you know, there there are a lot of misconceptions as far as what does um what does youth development and training should look like? But then also, again, kind of like what TJ was saying, uh, people should kind of recognize some common signs and symptoms of uh, injuries and illnesses that may happen when you're working at very high levels of stress. Um, so that's that should be some mandatory knowledge for dance coaches, instructors, um, anyone working in team athletic settings, right? And that's something that already happens in traditional sports to a degree. I'm not saying that's the same for everywhere, but um, those that haven't mandated it in state policy and, um, and laws, you know, they are required to learn these things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, coming from the arts world, it's everything is like, ah, we're kind of feel good and we'll kind of just go with the flow. Things will work out. Um, and then that's why we have us, you know, what happens when things don't work out. Right. So within, I guess, the urban community, it's a, this is a very new thing, uh, having medical staff or anyone with medical knowledge on a performance stage or just in any event that requires, that has high volume and high risk of injury. So... I know you went to NATA, which is the National Athletic Training Athletic Trainers Association. Trainers Association yeah. in Las Vegas, and that was a convention. I'm guessing convention, right? Yeah. Where you got to talk with a lot of the uh, officials at Cirque du Soleil. So Cirque du Soleil, as we all know, is a show, and they've been around for quite a while. And in terms, and I'm guessing because they were there at the NATA, that I'm pretty sure they had extensive knowledge and just experience with being established as the medical team or i guess yeah i can i can yeah, go, yeah, into yeah. It. <laughs> go into that but um, we want to kind of elaborate on like your experience there and how was it different compared to like what we're doing now here yeah i would say they are like years ahead <laughs> <laughs> um but cirque du soleil is an entertainment group they actually strive to be worldwide leaders of entertainment uh so from like a business perspective they are just like dominating and eating up uh, certain performing groups that are uh, that they just want to use and have um, in that sense you know because of the types of performers and types of performances that they have they understand that uh, those people are not as expendable uh, which is a different contrast to the dance scene dance industry there's a high, high, high amount of dancers, um, but the I guess I don't want to say demand, but so like too too many people, not not of slots. Yeah, 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 pretty much. And so the 
I guess the the weight of having to invest more in your people, uh, they don't see the outcomes as much as say someone who can do a freaking back bend onto their head and then like crawl around while their lower body is still stationed in one spot. There's just so few people that do that. Yeah. So there's very there's not specialized a specialized movement. Very specialized. And it's harder to replace them. Yeah. Essentially. So uh they I felt like the constraints for their model evolved to create something like a performance medicine team, sports science, um, you know, coaching and they have a very uh large group of individuals and people to take care of their performers uh which is very different than what we have but that's what we're trying to to do um i'd probably say that uh Cirque du Soleil are pretty much like noted for their their performance medicine staff for being you know there when for being there for what we would call i guess like traditional athletic training where it's like how do you create an emergency action plan? How do you address um, injury prevention strategies? But then also they can provide like the, the physical therapy as well um, and refer wherever they, they, see, they feel like they need to. But it's also like workers' comp injuries as well because it is like a really big uh, company organization. So it can be pretty like complex. I think with one thing that, took me aback the most was um the leadership and diligence it took to create projects that would impact a lot of people um so for example uh one thing that Cirque does is this injury risk reduction program and essentially it was a process that took almost four or five years to create and they're still refining it now but at least the the work is done to do it and it was basically they identified an issue and the issue was like, why do we have such a high amount of injuries in our companies uh, compared to some relative data back in like the early 2000s? Um, they recognized this in like 2013. And so what they did is establish kind of like an injury prevention committee among themselves and then sought out the best researchers and people who are doing it worldwide so in other sports as well like in football rugby things like that mm. um and they did something where right now it's really big in medicine to have evidence-based practice where everything you do essentially has to be justified by the research is there a study published on it was it a systematic review a meta-analysis randomized controlled trial all, all these big words um well in the circus like you can't do that. There's not a lot of data on that. And so we experienced that in like the urban dance hip hop world. Like there's not a lot of data on it. So they decided to do practice based evidence. They take the best available evidence and find a way to merge it with how they practice. Um, and, you know, it may seem really simple. And I was just like, wow, this is, we could do this. We can start implementing this. And the way they started was kind of creating this qualitative study, which means that they're just getting subjective information, just like how a clinician would be like, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Exhausted? Tired? Fatigue? What's your stress levels like? Um, things of that nature. And then you can 
take other more objective measurements and data, like for their tumblers and acrobats, you know, you can attach like accelerometers to them and figure out how many rotations you're doing and figure out that force velocity curve. And that's what they have a whole like sports science sector to analyze and collect that data. I can imagine just research. Research, you know. Uh, but basically, it failed. Oh. And they had to go back to the drawing board and figure out why it failed. And part of it was kind of like branding, you know, mm, okay, like injury prevention. When you're doing a jump off like, I don't know, 60 feet in the air, can you really? Just casually. Yeah. It's like the artists were like, don't call it injury prevention if you can't prevent these. Right. You know, it's mm, they're accidents, okay. accidents, kind of, quote unquote, air quotes. Um, so they changed it to injury risk reduction. Um, I'm not sure what the current name is now, but maybe it's that. But basically, they were able to kind of do trial and error, develop different performance profiles based on act, stunt, performance. Um, and like basically do kind of a injury risk stratification on a performer's like run throughout a show. Mm, okay. So you could be multiple roles in a show, but like one show is like really low risk for this, but high risk for this. If you're doing this certain section of the show where maybe it has like a lot of tumbles or acro and you're maybe at high risk for this and it kind of fluctuates and you kind of generate some sort of like um, profile for that performer. Like, this is what their program should look like on the off-season. This is what it should look like in-season. Um, these are things that they may struggle with during the performance act, so make sure you prepare them to handle that force when they're in-season. Being a little bit smarter about how they construct an artist's training. Because we come from an area where it's, like, very unstructured. Mm -hmm. And sports, traditional sports, is very structured. Um, and so how do you merge and clean that together? And they found a way to do it, and it works. Um, you know, they now in 2017, 2018, they are able to use these key performance indexes and indicators to educate their key stakeholders, the people who like provide money for them and um, continue the, to invest in this program. So it's a really simple, repetitive implementation plan on like how they go about it. Right, um, and I think that was really cool. So, kind of going back to like, I guess not going back, but with Cirque du Soleil, it is a very specialized company of people, and there is a limit to how many people can be in part of Cirque du Soleil. So, of course, the staff have a very much more quantifiable, I guess, number to be able to work with compared to us. At least our experience with Arena Dance Camp, there was just a huge influx of um, dancers athletes, so on and so forth, going in for treatment that I guess we were kind of taken aback about how do we handle such volume in comparison to the very limited quantity that Cirque du Soleil has. And I guess this can be, I guess, a question or um, for a thought. Uh, how would we want to, or how would you guys want to deal with the inc such a volume in the dance community because we know that a lot of people are sectioned off in multiple teams and teams can be from 20 to 50 to 70 people, so on and so forth. So right now our main issue is not necessarily the quality of the care, but the volume of it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people we saw that weekend. Yeah, I mean, for us to be part of Arena, which is, to me, it's at the 
latter end of the dance community this season, mm-hmm. there's a lot more things that we couldn't take. We took, I guess, we can't take a, accounted for because there was things that's probably been like troubling a lot of dancers throughout the season. So it's easy for like something like Circus Soleil because they could keep track of it all year long, mm-hmm. rather than we're just that one event at a time. It's it, for us at this point, it'd just be collecting data and mm-hmm. trying to implement things more throughout the year or being more involved with more events. So it is events, workshops, just making their voices heard for people that are hurt or getting strained or just, you know, that's where we need to start collecting our data. We've, yeah. we've been, we've got like over a hundred plus people, which is crazy to see that many people in one day. I don't think like traditional Mm-mm. people will see that much in a whole month. So we've, we've got our share. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it, it really was, um, I think it really opened the eyes of a lot of dancers, directors, and even like the staff to see a line for what four or five therapists. Yeah. And to have that line consistent throughout the day. Oh yeah. Um, I, you know, I've talked, I, we, we were able to debrief with the staff a little bit after the whole event. And just, these are just some ideas that, you know, we can, we talked about. I'm not saying that's going to happen next year, but just so that our listeners can understand where our thought process is going is that, you know, one thing we talked about was maybe if we were asked to do this again, probably doing like a online sign-in sheet a couple days before, uh, maybe sectioning it off into teams like every team kind of gets like a time slot with us doing a little bit more rules on who can see us and for what you know like we shouldn't be uh seeing one person five times throughout the day when somebody else does may not have gotten a chance to right right and finding a way to kind of like stratify um the different sections or services that we provide so you know we were based in the rehearsal hall uh, it's kind of, it was kind of out of the way for most people, but at least, you know, we were in a section where all the teams had to go through. Um, but we were also running our emergency response team out of that section as well. And so basically we had to adjust midway through day number two to where we had one uh, AT during like tech rehearsal on the ground level. And then we kind of had another one or the rest of our kind of like um, therapy staff up in the rehearsal hall. So yes, part of it can be like, maybe if we increase more staffing, we're able to get more eyes out on the field and kind of be ready. Uh, but at the same time, we just got to do a better organizing on like the structure of who and when people can see us. Um, but you know, it's first time. It's a learning curve for everyone. And I think part of the issue on why I kept it so free and open this time was because it's new. People don't know exactly what we do. I think about 60 to 70% of the time dancers were coming in and just be like, do you guys just do massages here? Yeah. And Sounds about right. Not that it's wrong. We, course, we, yeah. we do. We can. Um, but we can do so much more. Yeah. And they don't know that until we get them into the door and then have that conversation with them and teach them and educate them about the bodies that they want to to move with, right? Um, we know so many dancers that just kind of just 
dance through pain or live with pain and they're just like yeah i, I thought pain just by normal. being a dancer is normal yeah. like i'm supposed to feel this way i i maybe i'm supposed to get arthritis by like age 30 you know like i <laughs> maybe not maybe my hip is always supposed to be this high because of how i was breaking and i i don't know i've heard some crazy stuff mm-hmm. um and this is this is the groundwork that we're doing uh this is the like slow kind of slow burn slow cook process um we're in for the long haul exactly yeah, like the circus la they had years to kind of perfect it and they're still not perfected then we're we're still on step one compared to where they're at yeah you know still step one and we have amazing volunteers and hopefully they volunteers with us again because they saw <laughs> a lot of people that's but, true but they had high energy they loved it too it was their first time seeing something like this and they had questions for us too throughout the whole time like like you do this you do that like seeing all the different backgrounds in action was, was kind of cool yeah i mean for those of you who maybe attended arena and got to compete and work with one of our staff you guys are spoiled like we had we have some stacked members on our volunteer squad this this year i'm talking like people with almost like 10 to 15 plus years of sports medicine experience and manual therapy experience and advanced exercise science and like just I was so blown away by uh, everyone's willingness and everyone's ability just to like collaborate and just provide exceptional care to to everyone there. Like you don't realize that you literally have sports medicine people that have worked with Olympians providing care to you. It was that was beautiful. I was like crying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was arena dance comp for us. So I mean. Just, super happy to provide this service and and work with the kinjas uh sign of stage vibrancy like everyone there was super dope it's just like seeing family again man yeah it was especially the culture shock the 24 25 25th anniversary oh yeah saw some old friends dude csla ah man that i so many smiles so many good people so happy for us to be there too (laughs) oh yeah yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, uh, I would get contacted by people taking arena dance camp. So, are you oh, coming? Yeah. Are you here? Like, uh, that, that, we didn't sign up for that part. That and we are my, tired. My we were tired. I'm an off day today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we saw 100 plus people. We're a little tired. <laughs> yeah. We need to recover too. Um, but, you know, that kind of brings me to our next question uh, that I was like talking with some friends about. And it's really interesting, at least like where I'm in my life right now seeing my colleagues who you know started off on like junior teams with me and then danced with them on the collegiate teams and now they're choreographers and we got into some talk about like business and like you know they asked like what's your rate as a choreographer and you know they were just like telling me like dude like with your knowledge Aaron and with what you what you do uh there needs to be a set price and needs to be a set standard for everything that we provide and that's one thing that i want to bring to the table and like highlight the truth of is that you know working in the dance industry and working in like kind of this performing arts realm uh it's it's a tough population to be in you know like i said in the beginning uh, we went through negotiations with them 
um, and kind of talked about the process and how we were going to deliver this uh, for arena dance competition. And, you know, it was great. Everyone kind of like understood what they were getting themselves into. And for us, uh, TJ and I, you know, we're not in it for the payment or the money. Like I'm losing money running offset med. It's just facts, you know, but this, I can't imagine doing anything else right now. And this is a great honor and sacrifice for me. But again, moving on in the future, a year from now, we're going to be a year more experienced. We're going to be a year better at our craft. We're going to be a year smarter. We got all this data. We got a lot of things working for us. And so as a dancer and a choreographer, it's like the same thing. You know, they go out and teach class and once they get a rate for that, they go out and teach another one. Maybe they teach out of state. They got that experience. Rate goes up there. So I think I want to tell that any, I guess, like healthcare, fitness professional listen to it is like, yeah, in the beginning, like we're in the beginning process right now. We're doing free work, but it's not like, it's not, it's not worthless. It's not worthless. It's not like unrespected work. It's, it's free work because it's like the work of love. Yeah. Yeah, the work of love, the work of giving, the work of giving back to your community, mm-hmm. your friends. That's the biggest was like for me it was just taking care of my friends, making sure they're not hurt. And it's growing into this to offset offset med. That's what it's been. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else we wanna touch bases on before turning it in for today's podcast? Mm. Let's see. What else what else we've been up to, man? That was it, just Red Bull and Arena. Red Bull and Arena. Unless you wanna That's I pretty guess, big already, so people that don't know me, I could just give him my background, I guess. We could, Yo. Yeah. We we already know who Aaron and yeah. Dylan are. Yeah, no, let's TJ. Okay. Throw it down. Let's cover right. the basics. Let's cover the basics first. Right. Like kinda hi like uh <laughs> I'm TJ Lee. <laughs> uh my background's in occupational therapy. I am a Occupational therapy assistant. I'm a, I guess you call me adaptive athlete. Woo. Um, hmm. I've been around the dance community for a while, for a good while. I used to, <laughs> I used to bootleg, uh, dance videos. I would take my camera and record it to take care of my friends. What else? I used to run Quest Dance Studio. I am part of Quest Crew as their on-site staff, road manager, social media guy, uh, health healthcare dude. Make sure they don't <laughs> fall apart. Um, yeah, they're all getting old, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all my friends. It's funny because we came from that generation of people where I've known a lot of the Kinjas members since they're in college too. So this, mm. and everyone's getting older now. It's they're more likely to talk about all their hurt. And it's been my mission to tell them it's okay to be hurt. Everyone's hurting. It's just try to find the right things to take care of your body. And that's how I kind of went down this path into Offset Med. That's the short, that's the very short intro of me without the personal stuff, just the professional. Yeah. If you want the long story, uh, just, you know, contact us and we may or may not give you his personal information. <laughs> it's all online. We just, somewhere. we'll probably have to like, just ask TJ to come back and do another like whole episode. Yeah, we actually met though, like online, and it was like on. <laughs> started with uh, started... Tinder. Neg- <laughs> no, it started more like negative. It was really negative. Oh, like no. there was like a fight. 
yeah o- online fight online comment war that's why you call each other less misconstruing with the uh, text dude i didn't even know him in that in that comment war that's the funny thing oh <laughs> it was like aaron's friend hit me up and he started commenting on a post i did when i was very not open like more like stay in your lane kind of a thing of mm. healthcare. and then aaron messaged me he, he slides into my dms like hey i'm sorry my friend i was like who are you like what the heck like how dare you dm that's me. All, I was, like, all of a sudden there's two guys coming after me i'm like i, I don't i don't care like it looks it looks like you're you're in ohio okay and then i look into him and it's like oh you're from you're from la from the dance community and we had a nice little bonding moment of okay we know the same people you know we were still kind of like you're on that team i'm on i'm on team ot you're on team at yeah man and then we just had a nice conversation and then that's how we met up yeah it's just it's so weird when i think about it but it just worked and now y'all are roommates yep yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, who the freak is this guy sup roomie (laughs) from the future (laughs) oh man that would mess me up but yeah, it was good. It was good. So hopefully we'll we'll kind of keep the momentum going up. Uh, we're always kind of looking for people who are just interested in giving back to their community. You know, uh, if you got any questions, just contact us. We're cool people. Um, At least we hope so. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't get it from the podcast yet. So but yeah, TJ, anything else? Mm-hmm. just look out for us and yeah any questions hit us up we will answer questions for days we true we're, we're always on our phones on the internet all right y'all yeah. so before we wrap this up um don't forget to follow us on instagram at offset.men or if you want to contact us directly just dm dm us there or email us at offsetmed at gmail.com and of course please if you can uh, listen to us on all our listening platforms itunes podcast sorry apple podcast spotify so on and so forth leave us a rating let us know how we're doing and of course we will see y'all in the next one aaron peace peace